Amen. Thank you, Mr. T. Man, T and Stacey are doing such a great job with the youth, man. We just, just love, love what's happening there. So um, thanks uh, for, uh, to, to Mark and Lexi. I know that uh, this, today's worship is different, and that's okay. You know, you know, I remember my life was totally turned around, and, and some of you know the story, a little Pentecostal church in the town of Bloemfontein. So we've got a couple of South Africans, they'll know where Bloemfontein is, but it's uh, in the center of the, the free state, and, and I was in boarding school and, uh, at the time, and I had been going to a very traditional church, and this little church was like 30-something people strong on a good day, and, and um, it was one of those, and the pastor, man, I, I still know them today, they pastor in a different city now, but... Man, I tell you what, my world was rocked because I'd never been taught about the Holy Spirit. And, and, and it was worship just like this. And we had such incredible times. I had never in my life experienced worship like I had um, in that little church. I, I experienced the Holy Spirit. And, and you know what I think? I think sometimes we get spoiled by screens. And, and I'll tell you why. I, I'm, I'm not anti-us using screens because I know we've got to learn words. But there's a problem when we don't learn the words and we only look at the screens. You know, and, and so I want to encourage you. I said, listen, I don't mind if there's no screens today. I told Janine. Janine was like, we've got to have screens. You know, we've got to have it. And I said, no, we don't. No, we don't. Because I can tell you what, if you don't challenge yourself to close your eyes and actually learn the words, you won't ever learn the words. And, and, and if you don't learn the words, let me just tell you, it's not, it's not about qualifying. Listen, guys, we're not trying to do anything to qualify. But if you don't ever get to connect with your heart and get to close your eyes and get to worship God and, and that you don't have to just read along the words and it's reading along the words. And then what did we sing? What did we sing about? Oh, well, I don't know. Whatever was on the screen, I said that, and I really meant it. Oh. You know what I mean? I just want to, I'm just being real, guys. There's, you know, we're on a journey of authenticity. We're on a journey of, of, of God restoring an intimacy to the body of Christ that, that, we're, we're, that we are going to get back into. We are going to get back into. And I'm going there. I know some of you were going with me, <laughs> but I'm telling you, for too long, listen to me carefully, for too long, the church has become an entertainment place. I know I almost want to jump into my message right now, but I mean, I was just like, I've got to hold back just a second. But for too long, I'm telling you, I think it was, you know, when, when, the, when Rome adopted Christianity as a state religion, it doesn't do good for the church. It didn't do good for the church. So having, a, having organized religion, and, and it, took, it took a move of God through, through a yielded man like Luther and like after them through Wes, the Wesleys and all of these people to come out of organized religion. And there is a thing called organized religion. And I'm telling you, we, we don't want to be part of that. We want to get back until we can worship God with all of our hearts and connect with all of our hearts. You know, I want to encourage you on the subject of screens. I'm going to say it again. I, I, it's like, do you know what a Bible is? You can actually bring your Bible to church. Now, I don't mind if you go digital. I go digital. 
I love the digital versions. I've got like four different digital Bibles in my church. There's some that I use for deep study. I use it. But, but I tell you what, if we're just like, I'm not going to bring my Bible because there's a screen. You need to check out, you need to get intimately familiar with your sword. You need to get infinitely, infinite, you need to get intimately familiar so that you know what the books of the Bible are. Most people can pick up a book of Bible and if I said something, they wouldn't even know where to turn to. Uh, where's the screen? <laughs> so I know I'm touching on something, but, but I think that we have lost something. Is this screen bad? No. Thank God for technology. If it wasn't for technology, even what we're streaming all over the world, it wouldn't be happening. So it, I thank God for where we are. But guys, we need to, we need to watch that we don't trade intimacy for some kind of a sacrifice, all of these things about, about, about what, we, what we're giving up for. So I, I, I value that, and, and I, hope we do, we, I hope we do that again. And, and, you know, when we go back to screens like we will, you know, um, most Sundays we will have regular, you know, worship, but there will be Sundays like today, and that's okay. You know, and I want to challenge you, when you have words on the screen, close your eyes. Close your eyes. Try and learn the songs. Try and learn to know them by heart so that you can sing them by heart. Amen. That'll be a good thing. Anyhow, so I, I really appreciate that worship. So thank you so much. Um, I did want to mention um, Corin um, had to leave uh, last, uh, this, this last week. And, and now, you know, we're going to be praying for our mission team um, this morning. They leave for Africa on Tuesday. And Corin was going to be going with them um, on, on, Tuesday, on Tuesday morning. I'll be driving them down to the airport. But, um, I, so Corin was going to go with them, but she got some news last week. Um, and some of you who are on Facebook probably most, know most of the story. Um, but Corin's dad was not doing real well. It wasn't looking like he was going to, to, to live very much longer. So Corin so and I said, okay, well, because we live a long way, from South Africa, we had to, and we had to do this before. It was like, okay, how do we time this? And so there's no way in the natural of knowing how to time this because Corin can't go and just stay in South Africa for an unlimited amount of time. So, so he's like, Corin's got the trip. So we're like, okay, what are we praying about? We, Lord, does Corin have to go on the mission trip or does Corin have to cancel? Who's going to lead our team? Is she, is she going to go? Are we just going to, how are we going to do this? Is she going to go afterwards? Is she going to go on the mission trip and then go later? Is she going to go before the mission trip? So all of these were matters of prayer that we had to say, okay, Lord, you lead us. And so when we, we got to, and when we prayed about it, Karen had a piece about what we decided. So she said, I, I feel like we're gonna, I'm going to leave on Monday. Um, I'm going to change my ticket. And she changed her ticket for Monday. So she was teaching in children's church last, last Sunday. And she set her ticket for Monday. And then she flew on Monday. So I drove her down to the airport on Monday. And uh, she, she flew um, to South Africa via Atlanta and then uh, to Amsterdam and then to South Africa a long, long way. And so uh, this is what she, she, uh, she sent me a message this morning. She's probably watching. Hey, babe. Um, good morning, Lake Heaven family. Right now it's Sunday afternoon in South Africa. They're six hours ahead of us right now. Um, it's Sunday afternoon in South Africa, and I'm enjoying being with my family here. 
In case you didn't know, I came urgently to South Africa because my dad had been diagnosed 11 days ago with untreatable stage 4 cancer and was going to be discharged to hospice. I knew I needed to be here with my family. I arrived at the hospital directly from a 28-hour long series of flights to spend my dad's last 20 minutes on earth with him and our immediate family. It was such a precious time. We sang together and prayed and sang some more. He opened his eyes and I told him it was okay to go. And he did. Such peace and grace. Of course, we know that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So he stepped into the grandest choir and the most radiant and perfect body. As a family, we have cried and laughed as we share memories and tell stories of earlier days. It is well with our souls. We truly have been able to grieve not as those who have no hope because we do have an eternal hope. On Tuesday, we will celebrate my dad's life and eternal life. And on Wednesday, I will join the mission team in Tanzania. We have good news. We have good news to keep sharing. Death is only to be feared by those who, have, uh, who haven't received Jesus. And we can bring them this message from God. Fear not. Today is the day of your salvation. Jesus died so that you could experience abundance and eternal life. God has always loved you, and you will receive his love. Will you receive his love and his son and be saved? Thank you for your prayers for us all, my family and our mission team. Lots of love, Karen. So um, um, we, we, do, we, we do pray for you. And... Um, we know that, that um, my mom-in-law, Liz, and Erica, and Christopher, Corrin's other siblings, they, and um, uh, Erica's husband, Anesh, and, and we, we, our hearts are with all of them today. And, well, and you know, um, like Corrin said, so we're doing, they're doing a service on Tuesday morning, 11 o'clock their time, so it's about 5 a.m. We'll be able to zoom in on that and uh, get to, thanks to technology, to, to participate in something like that, right? But it not God's timing amazing? Karen, literally, um, the, uh, they were in Pretoria, in a hospital in Pretoria. The, Karen literally flew 28 hours through Amsterdam, and, and a, as I was tracking her flight <laughs> arriving, her uncle and brother came and picked her up in Johannesburg at the international airport, drove to Pretoria, which is, you know, f- I forget, almost close to an hour, to the, air, to the hospital, arrived at the hospital, and, and parked the car, and within 24 minutes of parking the car, he passed away. 24 minutes after that, that amount of time, they were singing, and Corin told me they were singing Amazing Grace. And in the last verse, when we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun, we have no less days to sing God's praise than when we'd first begun. It was during that verse that he breathed his last. Isn't that amazing? You know, so there is such grace, um, and, and you know, there is such wisdom, in, and we thank God for his timing. We thank God for his timing. And so that will be um, a central part of my message today, um, but before we get there, I do want to mention this other thing. I wonder if the you know, the mission team is leaving, so they're going to be leaving. Would they mind coming up here? We want to just pray for our mission team. I see Jordan is here, Giselle, Dave and Rose. They are, they're going to be joining another team. So there's five from us, including Corin, of these four. Um, you can, guys can yeah, come, come over here. That's good. That's great. 
So they, there's five from our church. There's going to be a total of 20 people. There's, um, Nate is going to be there, um, and you know Nate. There's another evangelist that's going to be joining him from YWAM, and there's, going to, there's a bunch of So it's going to be a, a team of about 20 people. And there's some, so guys, we're, we're really thrilled about what you're doing, and I know this is going to be a life-changing time for you. We're excited. I know that you, there's been a grace on you to, for this trip that you're going to be, that you're going to be joining us are going to be joining Karen and the team with. So I know that you're excited. Just you're excited. Little. Just a little excited. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're grateful. Thank you for, and by the way, thank you for sponsoring that raffle. I don't forget how much we, Jen, do you even know how much we raised total for the, from the raffle? Of, and hmm? more or less? Is it 540 or 640? About 540. Thank you, man. They were. So specifically for the raffle, there was 540. I know there was extra money, another extra 600 that was, sent, was given towards the Home of Hope. So that was just money. That's just money going to Home of Hope. So um, we're just grateful for you guys, man. Well, let's pray for you guys. Father, we just thank you for this team, Lord. We thank you that you have divine purposes, divine appointments with them and for them. Father, thank you that as they go, they go with you. They go in the power of your Holy Spirit, Father. Thank you, Lord, that there is peace. Thank you, Lord, that there is life change in them and through them for many. Father, thank you for divine timing for so many things. Thank you for peace and for a leading in every little detail in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Amen. 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 Love you guys. Thank you. Go well. We'll, you know, um, you know, outreach, outreach, of course, over COVID this last year, outreach has been a strange time. It's a strange time we've, we've going through, but, but you, you know that outreach shouldn't stop. Outreach is part of the mission of God. It's part of our mission. And I, and I say mission in a, in a general sense because, you know, if we say we're going on a mission trip, immediately people think of an international thing. But, but outreach is, is more than just a, a mission trip. And there is so many kinds of outreach, local, national, and all kinds of things that we can be practically involved in and that we are practically involved in. We're getting ready to do our shoebox fundraiser soon. Remember the, the Christmas shoeboxes? That's going to come up here pretty soon. We're going to do like a Christmas in July or something like that. We, and we have a big goal to reach. We, we had a couple hundred. We're going to shoot for a thousand shoeboxes this year. You know, so th there's those kind of things. There's feeding system. There's a whole bunch of cool outreach stuff that we can do. Now, I know that our hearts are for outreach here. And so what we're going to do is as soon as the team gets back, they get back on the 10th of June, that Sunday, we're probably going to hear, and uh, Dr. Dave is going up, um, D David Furking, he is leading a, a mission team up to, I think it's Alaska or somewhere, it might be. Is it Dr. D? You, there you are, you are here. When are you leaving Dr. D? This Friday. So Dr. D too, we need to pray for you. And your team, you're, you know, you're, you're, leaving, you're leading the team to Alaska for about 10 days, is it? More or less. Well, thank God for that. But when they, they'll all get back, and then what we're going to do is we're going to offer you a free lunch. Say free. 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 <laughs> On the 13th of June. But what we're going to do is an outreach interest lunch. So, and that's if you're interested in outreach, we're going to sort of give some parameters of what we can do. And now, again... 
don't jump to conclusions about what that is, um, what outreach means, but we, we're going to let you know how outreach, because lots of people have outreach ideas. Well, you know, we should be doing this, we could be doing that, and I would like to do this, and I would like to do that. Bring your ideas, write down your ideas, but we're going we're gonna to give you how it's got to work and some of those things so that we can actually put these, some of these things on the calendar and execute some of these outreaches, okay? So, that'll be on, so that's on June the 13th, June the 13th. It'll be immediately after service. We'll just do a, a uh, like I said, we'll offer lunch and then just, it won't be very long, and then it'll, it'll give us some, a sort of a framework so that we can, we can work on some outreach stuff. Amen? That sounds good. Well, I hope you all come into the picnic this afternoon because like T said, food, fun, and fellowship is definitely part of Lake Haven. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. So, let me move right along. I decided to title today's message, um, Naked and Afraid. <laughs> and I do not have pictures on the screen for you. Okay. So, Naked and naked and afraid question mark naked and afraid you know so so I, as you know I, I started a, I started a series last week that I'm not actually not done with it and I called my the series that I was done I reckon and and so I interrupt that broadcast to bring you naked and afraid okay okay so so hold your horses I am going to go where but I feel like you know that today is how the Western Church celebrates Pentecost today and I say the Western Church because if you go and look on a, on a Western Church calendar, May the 23rd is Pentecost Sunday. Today is Pentecost Sunday. Now the word Pentecost from, comes from the Greek word 50. 50 days basically after Easter is Pentecost Sunday. Okay. And, and we know when we, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, in this church we do believe in the person and work of the Holy Spirit. It's, he is an essential part of this. This is part of our mission is to talk, well, is to, is to know who the person and what the work of the Holy Spirit is. We've just done our overflow conference, and it's, it's essentially part of that. But now, Pentecost Sunday. Now, if you, uh, um, I have never really taught on the feasts of Israel. And, and <laughs> we almost have to give context, and I don't, it's not today's message, but when we, when we talk about the Bible... We always sometimes throw in the word Old Testament, which is a misnomer. Nowhere in the Bible does it call it the Old Testament. The New Covenant Christians called what we call, what we have named, what religion has named the Old Testament, they simply called Scripture. Yeah, that's what they used. They used Scripture. And, and if we're not careful, we throw out the Old Testament and we ignore it, um, and, and we, we think it doesn't have any valid validity. And there is so much to understand in the context of the Old Testament. There is so much beauty. There's so much clarification. There is so much type and shadow. Now, it's true that the light is in the New Testament. Jesus, you see, so much of the New Testament, I mean, the Old Testament pointed towards Jesus. So much of it gave gave uh, built out towards Jesus. The feasts of Israel were, were directed at, about Jesus. The, all of them spoke about Jesus. Now, uh, you know, if we go into it, man, it will blow your mind when you w look at a Jewish calendar and start looking at how the Jewish feasts worked. 
and how they pointed to Jesus and why. And when you, because you see, you started with this, the, you started with Pesach or Passover, and then you went through, you went through uh, the Feast of Unleavened Bread that started the day afterwards, Unleavened Bread. All of these feasts have actual meanings for us today. Straight after that, you had the, first, the Feast of first fruits. It was the third feast. There were seven, by the way. After that, 50 days later, you had Pentecost, or what they call Shavuot. Shavuot is seven sevens. Seven weeks, seven weeks later, 49, on day one made it, makes it 50. So seven times seven is 49, and it gave, it, and Shavuot, and it was on the day of Pentecost, we see, obviously, the Holy Spirit was hand, handed out, what was given to the church. Now, the, 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 dr- <laughs> the dramatic timeline, if you ever study any of that, like I said, it's absolutely mind-blowing, because from you, when, you, when you look at what a high Sabbath was, when you study Leviticus 23, when you, you read some of these things about how the feasts were all unpacked, you will realize that Jesus, tradition has taught that Jesus was crucified when? On a, what day of the week? On a Friday. Well, that's absolutely not true. Yeah. And you're like, oh, but it says the day before the Sabbath. Yes, it does. But when you study it out, like you see in John, it says it was going to be a high day. It was going to be a high Sabbath. And when you understand the feasts and you broke out which day of the month, which day of the week, these th- feasts were going to start, Jesus actually said, this sign you will get, you will get the sign of Jonah, that he will be in the earth three days and three nights. Friday to Sunday is not three days and three nights. don't know if you've ever done the math. I'm, I'm not trying to be silly. I'm just trying to say it's absolutely co- perfectly consistent when you see how the calendar works and you will see that there was a there is such a thing as a high sabbath it wasn't there wasn't just the weekly sabbath they were the high sabbaths of the feasts passover started with a high sabbath the feast of weeks sorry the feast of unleavened bread started and ended with a high sabbath so there were there were different things called high sabbaths where you could do no work and blah 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 and there's all of these things have have meanings that, that are absolutely fascinating and you will see that jesus perfectly was the Passover. And you see in the New Testament, Peter referred to him. Paul refers to him as the Passover lamb. In fact, John the Baptist, who was considered the greatest of all the prophets. And he said, when he saw Jesus, remember his words? Behold the lamb who takes away the sin of the world. You see, now this means nothing to a Western Gentile mind. Why? Because we didn't celebrate Passover. We didn't take a Passover lamb. We'd never mu- taken a lamb and had it inspected for so many days. And then until it was, we proved that it was unblemished. And then when it, was cruci- when it was crucified, when it was killed, and where the blood was applied, and how all of that happened. But you can study all of these things. And, and on Sunday mornings, we couldn't really break it down because it's a fa- now there's fascinating books read on this calendars. You can see it all laid out how you can see. Oh, wow, gosh, this is when Jesus was actually crucified. And it was a Wednesday in case I'm going to just split that through. It was actually probably a Wednesday in about 3 BC, according to the calendars. So, so from what I've seen, you know, granted. So, so now, because of course we've got the Gregorian calendar today, it's 12 months long. We don't work with the Jew- Jewish calendar, but you know that, our cal- and all these things are just fascinating to study. I kind of like 
delving into them, some of these things. I like delving into some of the, the story as I mentioned on Wednesday night at, at Overflow about the stars. The stars declare the glory of God. The stars tell the gospel. The Magi knew that Jesus had been born or the king of the Jews had been born. Remember? The Magi from the east. They could look at stars and know from the stars that the king of the Jews had been born. How? I'm glad you asked. No, we're not going to go into, I'm, I'm not going to go into, but what I'm saying is there's, there's stuff that we have just ignored and, 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 and granted, I'm not trying to, I, what we don't want to do is, is, is get all wrapped up in this, the legalism of this stuff. It's very important, okay? Because suddenly you can turn, and there's sadly a lot of Christians that do that, you can turn the feasts into an Old Testament thing again. You can start making it a religious thing. So Colossians writes this, and it says, Colossians chapter 2, verse 16, it says, Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. These are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. And then in verse 23, it says these, these have indeed an appearance of wisdom, promoting self-made religion and asceticism and the severity to the body, but they are no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. Sorry, I know, that's probably just me breathing hard, not the spirit, don't worry. Yeah. Um, but, but here, it's, it's, we, aren't, we do not celebrate the Jewish feasts for any spiritual reason. We is, is certainly, I, I don't see any New Testament script that this is a demand. We don't celebrate. But what we see in this is that it pointed to Jesus, the Passover lamb, the perfect lamb. Amen. So here we, we, I say all of that because in, in the feasts, when we come to Pentecost and Shavuot and the wave offering, and we see that, that how all of that, that played out, we see that there is a timing with God. Now, you, some of you, and I've heard a couple of you speak about it, some of you are aware of the Greek study of Kronos and, and Kairos. There's two Greek words for that. Kronos is the Greek word for studying the sort of the passage of time, but there is this other Greek word called Kairos, which is the, it's, it's like God's timing in a situation. There is a, there is a God timing in, in, in and, it's a, and it's a beautiful thing. In the fullness of time, we can, we can work with God in these beautiful kairos moments. And, and I'm not going to go too deep into that. But, but why, am I, why am I laying all of this down? Why am I? Because, because I hope you realize that the Old Testament was, the New Testament even says this, was written for our learning. When, when you talk about the men in Emmaus, remember on the road to Emmaus, there's two guys walking along and they didn't realize, but Jesus came and walked with them, Right? Jesus, they didn't know it was Jesus until he broke the bread. And suddenly, they re oh, it was the Lord that was with them. But it says that this third man that was walking with them, they were all sad because Jesus had died and everything like that. And it says that he says, you guys are pretty dull. And he starts taking them through the scripture and telling them from scripture, from the Old Testament, how all of these things have been prophesied. You see the same words always spoken through Paul. Paul and the disciples often took people through the Old Testament to point out Christ. 
So Jesus is very clear in the Old Testament. And it's through these things, these images that say, oh my gosh, here is the lamb. It is so obvious. Do you know that there was something like 300 prophecies about, the, about how Jesus was going to be born, where Jesus was going to be born, about the cross, Three, something like that, something crazy. A stack of prophecies. He was going to be born in Bethlehem. He was going to be raised up in Galilee. He's going to be called again. Out of Egypt, I called my son. All of these things that if you didn't understand uh, what would we actually wonder, well, well, did he come from Egypt? Did he come from Galilee? Was he, was he born in Bethlehem? Which one was he coming from? All of these things were all true. So many parts, uh, and I've read Psalm 22 about Jesus' birth, Jesus, how Jesus was going to be died, how his body, his his garments were going to be not torn. How they were going to, the, how they were going to raffle. They're going to, they're going to throw dice for his garments. All of those things were prophesied thousands of years beforehand. And if you were a student of the Old Testament, it would be like O M G. If you put it into text, you know, you know, we're like, oh my gosh, this is this is so clear that this is the Christ. There is absolutely no way that Jesus couldn't be. And so if people are like, well, you know, I don't really know if Jesus is the Christ. Man, boy, is there so much studying that could fulfill your heart and seeing how much truth is coming to, towards you. So in Genesis, I want to quickly, I want to go to Genesis chapter 3, verse 10. Um, it's a scripture that you know. It was when after Adam and Eve had rebelled against God and had chosen not to listen to him, eaten from the tree, and then it says, and then it says they went and hid themselves. And then this is Adam's excuse. He says in verse um, 10, he says, and he said, I heard the sound of, of you in the garden, because obviously, I'm oh, sorry, I predate that, uh, pre, sorry, preceding that, the Lord says, hey, Adam, where are you? He's calling out for him. Now, I think it's fascinating that there are scriptures in the Old Testament that God asks questions because we know that he's omniscient. He can be. But do you know that God, and we, if we studied all the times that God didn't see or look at things, there is things that God doesn't choose to know. There, there's a bunch of them. You could actually study it. There's things that God has actually chosen not to, does it, is he able to know? Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely, but there are things that he chooses not to know. There's things that he chooses not to see, and we could, we could go into some of that. But over here, he says, Adam, Adam, where are you? And then, he, and then Adam says this, and he says, I heard the sound of you in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. Sorry, I'm going to try and bend this so I'm not breathing on it. Sorry, Brandon. Is that better? Hopefully. Um, he's, Adam says that he was afraid of him and he, because he was naked. One, so one thing that the disobedience, or, 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 or disobeying God and rebelling and grace created in Adam and in mankind was this emotion. He was afraid. Suddenly he who walked with God all day was like fear comes in and suddenly he's aware that he is naked. And so, so that's how he, he so now of course God says straight into it and he says, who, 
Who told you? Who told you that you were naked? Because even the devil didn't tell him he was naked, but it was his conscience that had been seared. And, and um, so rather than going to that, then so we see that when we, we, we see this prophecy in Luke chapter 24, um, I, in Luke chapter 24, verse 44, it says, Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. So that's Luke 24, 44. So the prophecy, the feasts, the lamb, all of those things had to be fulfilled. In verse 45, he says this, Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day, say third day, <laughs> raised from the dead, and that repentance and forgiveness of sin should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things, and behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. That word, clothed, is a powerful word. It's used in the New Testament a bunch of times, and it's where we get the word endued. It's actually, if you study the Greek words, it's, 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 it's sinking into a garment. They actually use the word sinking. It's almost like you relax into who you are. You, you fall back. It's, can you imagine clothes on the bed and you kind of sunk into your clothes? But it's, it's, being, it's, it's a putting on, and it's a putting on of something. And so Jesus is telling them, stay in the city, stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Now, that in, so, so in this endured. Now, Peter has this immediate change. We know the day of Pentecost, fast forward, um, and, and in the, we, 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 we see the, the whole tongues of fire situ- scene, right? You know that here they are waiting for about 10 days, between 7 and 10 days, depending on when you want to go start, start the, um, uh, uh, you know, the, from the Feast of, un, um, I'm trying to think which one it is, immediately. It's either from the start of Pesach, Passover or Pesach, or straight after the unleavened bread. So depending on where you're going to start counting, they were either waiting for about seven or ten days. And in this waiting, suddenly it says that they were all together in this house and Holy Spirit falls. Tongues of fire, etc. come on come on them. Everybody hears them in their own tongue. Um, and so Peter has this immediate change. He, they are clothed with power on, from on high. And just for the sake of time, I'm just giving you a shortened version over here. Here, Peter is running away. The, the, the slave girl is accusing him. Hey, listen, you know, this, you're the guy that was with Jesus. He's like, no, 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 no. He's, and he denies Jesus three times. We know the story. Cock crows. Suddenly, he's endued with power from on high. And in Acts chapter 2, straight after that, he preaches to Jerusalem with massive boldness. Massive boldness is on him. And he says, you crucified him. 
He's talking to them. He's telling them about the prophecy from Joel that your old, you know, young men will, dream, will have visions. Your old men will dream dreams. This is prophesied. This is, this is what's happening. And he says, you need to repent. There's only one name given among men by which we must be saved. One name. He's telling the whole of Jerusalem, including the Sanhedrin and the Sadducees and the Pharisees that crucified Jesus, the ones that they were hiding from. They'd been hiding in the room. They were afraid up until this place. Instantly, no fear. So isn't that interesting that Peter has this, in, in this, this boldness that comes with the Holy Spirit? Suddenly he is clothed, he's no longer naked, and no longer afraid. You see, the Holy Spirit coming on us should have that effect. We cannot walk apart from being endued with the Holy Spirit. We cannot go in life without having the, the Holy Spirit. Now, I'll pull out one of these books over here. What I, I like, you know, I've, I promote this book and we give this book away actually a lot. This book is a great book. The New You and the Holy Spirit, Andrew Womack. The first part of it tells you all about the new birth. Powerful. It's just about 30 pages or so or, or for the first part. And then he goes into... He, he talk, starts talking and teaching about the Holy Spirit. How and what. It's, a, it's powerful. If you've never studied the scriptures and studied how, you know, the new verse and how the Holy Spirit works, I encourage you, just get hold of one of these books. We'd, we'll get you one. Absolutely. But you see this absolutely dramatic transformation uh, from fear to boldness, being endued with power from on high. So, here, I want to take you to Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 18. Here it says, Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery or excess. He says, But be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Now, he's encouraging Christians to be filled with the Spirit. Now, this is not the same word filled that we heard in, in, in Acts chapter 2. They were all filled with the Spirit. That one is a totally different one. This one is pleru. And basically, it's, he's saying yielding to the influence of. Just like if you were, not going, if you were going to get drunk with wine, you would be yielding to the influence of that alcohol. Here, you get a choice of yielding to the influence of. It's, it's where there is... Um, so. Here, there, I'm just trying to think about how there's so many. If you look at that word pleru, you can be, there, there's other words use the same word fill. You can be filled with awe. Now, that's, that's not awe coming down and filling your body. That is, you are yielding to the influence of awe. You can be, oh, they were filled with fear. You can yield to the influence of fear. So I'm going to, I've just, I wrote down a bunch of them. Give me a sec here to pull them. If you can be, they were filled with wrath. These are all in scripture. You can filled with wrath, anger. You can be, you can yield to the influence of anger. Um, the boat was filled <laughs> with fish. You can be filled with wonder and amazement. Same word, filled with jealousy, filled with confusion. It's that same word. And so it's saying you can yield to the influence of these things. 
it's our choice whether we will be yielding. So in the, in the Amplified Version, it says this, Do not be drunk with wine, where is an excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Do not, okay, um, sorry, do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but ever be filled and stimulated with the Holy Spirit. I don't know if, if, if we had that one in the Amplified, but it says ever continually be filled and stimulated with the Holy Spirit. Now, listen to, we don't have uh, Philip's, I'm, I'm, uh, Christina, I don't know if Karen actually get, got that one ready for you in the Phillips version, but it's actually not in our computer. But uh, J.B. Phillips' translation says it this way. Um, it says here, Don't be vague, but firmly grasp what you know to be the will of God. Don't get your stimulus from wine, for there is always the danger of excessive drinking. But let the Spirit stimulate your souls. You get that? Stimulate. Don't get your stimulus from wine, but let the Spirit stimulate your souls. Fill. So it's yielding to the influence of. There, in, 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 our, in our yielding, we were talking, you know, sort of kairos and this, what Karen was experiencing this last week. We, on, on, at Overflows, a number of you were here on Overflow on Wednesday night. And it was obvious that the Holy Spirit was giving us a word. The word was timing. Timing. Timing is a big deal with God. Kairos moments is a big deal with God. It's because of timing that we have things called patience. Patience is to endure. It, we, we, there, is a, there is a thing called hope. Cynthia and I were talking about rejoicing in hope the, the week before. There, there is a thing called hope because do you know that not everything that God promises you get instantly? Anybody experience that? Right. So the scripture actually tells us to not rejoice in the fulfillment of hope. It says rejoice in hope. In fact, it teaches about hope and, and, and it says that hope exists until we see the, the, the fulfillment, because that is the time that we live in hope. That's when we need patience. That is when we experience hope. So there is nothing wrong in this understanding of timing. And we touched on timing in the last series a little bit. There is a timing of the seeds growing. Some of, the, some of the times it's growing within you. Sometimes it's a growing within you. So, uh, uh, with, with that you are doing. There is a maturing that you have to see. There is a, sometimes a, there is a patience and a, and, a, and a timing that has got to do with other people in the body. <laughs> okay, just, just one minute here. Do you realize that God doesn't print money? He's not the great counterfeiter in the sky. If you, if you need a miracle, or particularly a financial miracle, God doesn't print money and send it to you. Do you know that he uses the body? Just like he did in the Old Testament. He used the widow of Zarephath to feed somebody. He, 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 feed, he uses people. And now what happens? Do you, we have this thing called free will, which we have to understand. What happens if God says, hey, Joe, won't you send thousand dollars to blah 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 this this lady and he says yeah sure i'll get around to it sometime and then forgets about it 
And then he, oh my gosh, oh, I really felt like I should have done that. And then he sends the check. And that's a month later. Do you know how many times, I bet you if you looked at your own life, sometimes you get the money a little late. Or sometimes, some, sometimes somebody else gets the money. Or somebody else gets asked to give the money to that person. All of those are because people either yield to the influence or they don't. We have an opportunity to yield to the Spirit or not. If, this, is an, this is an important piece of, of understanding how God works in our life. Because if you don't understand that, that we are subject to one another, we are a body, and I'm not just talking about, I mean, I, mean just, I just used the example of finances in this, but there is this element of yielding right now. Okay, so back to Corin, for example, using Corin as the illustration this last week. And my dad's got a great illustration. He, 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 was, he has a phenomenal illustration about timing that God used with him this last week. But you have a choice on how you're going to act in somebody else's life. I wonder if we should tell that story. But Corin, let me first get, Corin had a choice on her timing. Corin could have said, I'm just going to go off to the mission trip. Now, the Holy Spirit, as the word was confirmed this morning, did you hear the prophecy this morning? Yield, 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 yield. I am the Lord, your shepherd. I lead you beside still waters. So listen, let me ask you a question. What happens if you don't yield to his leading? Do you think you have a choice in the matter? Oh, oh absolutely. Now that's where we have to uproot some of these things that say, oh, God's will is automatically always done. No, it ain't. No, it isn't. If th that's why in, in a time like Pentecost, this is, you know, the Holy Spirit has been poured out. We don't celebrate Pentecost or Shavuot today. But, but understand that Holy Spirit is an essential part of us yielding. If we want to see success, quote unquote, by God's definition, in our lives. If you want to have the Lord be your shepherd, if you want to lead, you lead him lead you behind, is he always leading? Yes, you've heard me say it so many times. He is the Lord, our shepherd. He will lead us beside still waters. He'll say, do it this way. Do it that way. Don't do this. Do it this way. But if we don't do it that way, who are we to blame God? We say, no, Lord, I'm not going to do it that way. You have a prompting on your heart to give something. Again, or to do something for somebody. Or to be kind for some, to somebody. And you don't do it. You just missed an opportunity to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And I, and I wanna, I'm not trying to lay a guilt trip on you. I'm just saying that, where is my dad? Oh, there he is. Did you want to come and tell that story quick, Dad? I, I think my dad would give. My dad had an experience that timing that is a great illustration for this. <laughs> come up, come up, see so people can see. Colin and I went shopping. Oh, no, no, we went looking.
I thought it was shopping. As I stepped out of the, the vehicle, I stepped onto a Bank of America credit card, debit card in fact. Went into the store and said to the store owner, um, has this person purchased anything from you? And she checked her, her, her records and said, no, nothing happened over here. So I thought, well, then I've got to take this thing to the Bank of America at some time. But we went shopping, and I, know, I mean, we went to other places where Colin <laughs> was directing me. We went to three other places, and it was about an hour and a half before I went up Donnelly Street to the Bank of America, got into, got into line, and uh, there was just about three people in front of me, and I saw a lady walking past the, um, the tellers, and a gentleman said to her, um, yeah, look, it happens. It's, I was also very frustrated when it happened to me. And uh, she rushed past with a very concerned look on her face. And as she came next to me, I said to you, did you lose a credit card? And she stopped and she said, yes. And I hauled it out and it was hers. <laughs> it, it was that timing that was so incredible. Yeah, and? Oh, you've got to finish the story now. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, so she hauled out her wallet and thought, no, 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 don't do anything like that. And then I'm so glad she did because she tucked something into my shirt pocket and when I got to the car, it was 50 bucks. So anybody want to borrow money, the interest rate is low. <laughs> you could give it a count. <laughs> but isn't that incredible? Now, we've all experienced some, some incredibly opportune times like that. God tries to work everything for our good he does he will be leading as i said he is the, the shepherd of of psalm 23 i've I, one of the guys i listened to has said this and i completely agree um one of the teachers that I, he says in these last days that we're in in the in the beginning of the time of sorrows and things like that, that he says the greatest thing that we can do that will help us is being sensitive to know the voice of the Holy Spirit. We need to know how to hear the Holy Spirit. We need to be able to discern the difference between my thoughts, sorry, the, the voice of my, my own heart. Do you know that you have thoughts? Now, there's a, there's a lot of people that run and throw you know, sort of the baby out with the bathwater. They think that every thought that crosses their mind is the Holy Spirit. No. No, it's not. You know, and, and quick, people are quick to jump into the other ditch of saying, God said, God said, God said, God said. Listen, that's another ditch. Be careful. Paul said, when he, said, when he was being taken to Jerusalem, he said to his captor, to the Roman centurion, to the ship's captain, he said, I perceive that this voyage is going to be filled with danger. I perceive he didn't say, God said, and it was, and they were shipwrecked. The Lord was trying to lead them. There's another time it says that Paul was praying in Jerusalem, and while he was praying, the Spirit said, leave immediately. They're not going to receive your message. While he was praying, question, what would have happened if he wasn't praying that day? You see, you see we, we, we end up in this ditch of going into the whole God is in control thing. Everything that happens 
is because God is in control. No, he's not. No, he's not. And I, I, you know, you've heard me. It's one of my pet peeves. God is not in control. Is he sovereign? Absolutely. He has got, made sovereign decisions. He, he operates a certain way. He operates through covenant. There are certain things. He is absolutely sovereign in a certain sense of the word. But a lot of this interpretation has come and misunderstood from a very, very poor understanding of, what, of some of it is in Romans 8, chapter 28, where it says that some people misquote it completely and they say, all things happen for the good for those who love God. No, it doesn't say that. It doesn't say that all things happen for the good for them. It doesn't. And, and I will have to teach that in a whole message or two. But the point of the matter is that we have free will. God can cause things to work together that the devil throws at you. He can cause things to work together for your good. No matter what comes your way, God can, if you will, but there is conditions there for those who are called and for those who are loved by God who are called and who are called. For those who have been praying in the Spirit, or who are barely, it talks about that in the preceding verses. It, says, it talks about praying in the Spirit, being led by the Spirit. If you're called, all of those are, con but you see, we, have the, we jump into this little religious frame mind Oh, God is in control. It just happened for a reason, brother. It just, God, it, it just happened for, it. no. Stop sucking that nonsense down. It, it, no, seriously, you know, you thinking God did that to you, you, you think that it was God's plan for, you know, for the election to happen the way it did? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get real frank. Do you think it's God's plan for there to be abortion? I'm telling you, we as the church have got to stand up and understand that we have a role to play. We have it on a microcosm version in your family, with your spouse, with your children. You have it within a body. If you play your role and I play my role, we'll go where God wants us to go. If we don't, we won't. If you don't do your role, if you don't listen to what God wants for your life, it ain't going to happen. I don't care who prophesied. Prophecies don't just come to pass because somebody walked up to you and said, thus saith the Lord. Most often there is a very specific thing that you have to do. You have to walk in his ways. You have to follow. You have to pray. You have to pray that thing through. Now, I know this is not popular, but guys, I'm putting the power, I'm taking the power out of your hands of saying, oh, I'm just a weakling, I'm a victim, I'm the victim of God. You know, it's poor God or it's the devil. I, am, I, I don't feel sorry for the devil. Look, I don't mind if we blame him all day long. But the truth of the matter is, it's not all the devil's fault. You have power. And you and I need to take active hold of what our responsibility is. We need to be, we need to be filled with the Spirit, continually filled. That means that it's, you see multiple fillings of the Holy Spirit in the New Testament. You and I get to yield to the Holy Spirit or not. You can walk out this door and you can either yield to the philosophy of the world or you can yield to what God says. 
You can yield to his wisdom and can seek his wisdom and to walk out his wisdom and say, God, I need to. You can come up to the prayer front and say, listen, guys, I need some wisdom in, in, in an area, in this area. I'm not that you, should, you shouldn't, listen, I'm not trying to say you need an external influence to speak to you. Be careful. Because primarily you need to hear from God in you. That is your primary way of hearing God. But do you think that you can't pray together? I pray with tea and we pray with people and I pray with other people. I say, okay, well, let's seek God because you, we need the wisdom of God to walk through situations. We've all needed wisdom on how to deal with a healing or with a something. And we're like, ah, oh, and we're quick to blame God. Like God doesn't do that. Oh. It, it, I'm telling you, if you think that God's character is that way, you don't understand the character of God. That's why we, we, God cannot but be God. God cannot but be faithful. God cannot but be loving. God cannot but be provider. God cannot but be pro, by healer. If, you, if there is a reason you aren't healed or of sac, or suffering or from something or the other, it's because you're missing it somewhere. Not God. You can be the victim of somebody else, but unless you say, oh, it's not... Eh. I can't do anything. It's God's fault. I'm telling you, I, I, it's like you have totally disempowered. And, and God's name gets blasphemed, it says, amongst the nations. Why? Because the Christians, they talk like this. God is in control. You hear a Christian saying that? You know that's more, most of the world doesn't even come into church. They're like, what kind of a crud God is that? He killed my sister's niece and my this thing, and he killed because he's in control. He could have stopped it. Well, he didn't control it. He could have allowed it. Well, why didn't God do anything? That's actually against, you know, all of those things we actually have to work through in our belief system and understand God is not that way. It's, it's no different. I, I, uh, yeah, I can't go. <laughs> sorry. I, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, 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 we, I'm sorry, guys. You know, you know it's a pet peeve of mine, but I tell you what, if you want life, if you want God's kind of life, if you want to walk in the kingdom, there are kingdom principles that you have to choose to walk to. Kingdom principles. Jesus spoke about a bunch of kingdom principles. And this is not earning something. This is not making God do anything. This is about... Oh, he is the way, the truth, and the life. I'm going to do it his way. What do you think will happen if you said, well, I have the health of God, and then you drank a bottle of poison? Do you think that that's going to help you if you intentionally do that? That's like stepping off a cliff and saying, right, you're going to, what happens if you go and get drunk and get in a car and drive the car drunk? You either end up in prison, you kill yourself, or maybe you kill somebody else. You can't say, oh, well, God tried it, God did this. Anyhow, you know me. I could go on from this for a long time. But the bottom line is, there is a timing with God. There is a timing that we can yield to. God has a perfect timing for you, and, and He is talking You've heard me even say in the last time, he is always speaking. Let him who has ears hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. We, we, as we yield this morning or continually, right? 
Let's yield to what the Spirit is. If you've never been filled, just close your eyes a second. If you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, or maybe you've been in a super religious church and you've never understood any of that stuff, then I, I, I would love for you to come and talk to one of our prayer ministers and, and study that book I was telling you about. That we, we will make sure, even if we run out, we'll make sure we get a copy to you. But study it. Get, get, be, say, because I couldn't do it justice in a few minutes here, but, but God has designed us to work with Him. He has designed us to work with the Holy Spirit. If you're going to live and be successful and enjoy the kingdom blessings, you have to, you and I both have to work in tandem, in, in cooperation with the Holy Spirit. We get a choice if we're going to listen and cooperate with Him, if we will yoke up with Jesus, if you will, or we get to choose if we won't. And what is it that you're choosing? What will you choose? Now, it's important for you to know, no matter what you choose, God loves you. No matter what you choose, till the day you die, He loves you. But people can still have their free will to choose to go to hell for eternity. They can choose not to hear. They can choose to call Jesus a liar. They can choose to say He's not the only way, the only truth, and the only life. They can choose to concoct some other religion. People can choose what they want. You and I can choose whether we will yield to his love. You say, Lord, thank you for your love. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for what you did for Jesus. Thank you for the gift that you gave of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for Pentecost. I want to yield to Pentecost. I want to yield to what he's given us, to give what he's given me. If you don't know Jesus, then that's where the starting place is. If you've never just said, Jesus, if you don't know that for sure, you know, my father-in-law went to be with Jesus this week. Faith Bowder went the week before that. And, and many of you others, others know other people that have recently stepped into eternity. But if you don't know where you're going, if you had to step into eternity today, it's really a, the most important question is will you receive Jesus as Lord and Savior? Because it's as simple as that. There's nothing you can do but receive His eternal gift. All you have to do is say, Jesus, I need you. That's all you need to do. You just need to pray that prayer from your heart. It's not a magical recitation, and no ritual. You just need to cry out with your heart and say, Jesus, I need you. Meet me where I'm at. I don't even know what I don't know. He will. He will. He'll meet you right there. And then I, I encourage you to, to take the next step and come and talk to one of our prayer ministers afterwards and they'll make sure they give you this book and help you along your way. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for being part of our everyday life. Thank you for giving us wisdom. You need wisdom in an area Maybe there's something specific you're looking for direction in or understanding in. Ask him. There is answers in him. There are answers in him. If you need prayer and you need to, to join up with a, a prayer minister and say, listen, I just love, love to you for you to pray with me on something. Then, then 
as we conclude, please understand, please come and talk to one of our prayer ministers. They are they're really well trained and they really know and they love you and they want to pray with you. And I tell everything you say to them is confidential, just so that you know. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for what you're doing in our hearts and lives. We yield, we choose to yield to what you do. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. You good? Hallelujah. Man, what power we have, what power you have. You have a will that is more stronger than the devil. I want you to know that. You are not subject to a yoke of slavery. You are not subject to that. Even the, med, even the, the man of Gadara with a thousand demons or a, how many of a, a legion of demons has fell at the feet of Jesus. Nothing could stop him. There is nothing that can stop you from coming to Jesus. Amen. Love you. I'll see you at the picnic in a few minutes. Well, when we go and, if you're going to go and change or go and get your food and chairs and we're going to do the picnic soon. We love you guys. Have a great day. If you need prayer, please come and talk to our prayer ministers.